Grace, who is that guy? Elliot, Loudermilk. Okay. Call security, have them change his locks, clean out his desk, and toss him out of the building. Oh, he's fired? But it's Christmas. Thank you. Call accounting. Stop his bonus. Happy holidays and welcome to issue 131 of the Tomcast Popcast, coming to you from the friendly confines of Santa's Workshop. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent Christmas podcast. Please follow us on the social medias. We are at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. Please feel free to email the show at TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. And if you are so inclined in helping keep this, this podcast afloat all through the holiday seasons and into the next year, become an official member of Pophead Nation by joining over at patreon.com, uh, patreon.com forward slash Tomcast Popcast, where you can join the nation and gain access to all kinds of super sweet bonus content. Thank you, and happy holidays to our current Patreons. The Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, co-host of The Ringing Ear, a great music podcast that I love so much, and I hope it's on your Christmas wish list. Uh, thank you also to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, and the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Remember, we are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms, whether that's Google Play, Spotify, Arhara Radio, Stitcher, uh, 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 many, many more, and including Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening to us via Apple Podcasts, please make sure you are uh, giving us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. And, you know, hey, it's the season of giving, right? Make sure you are liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with all of your friends and family this wonderful holiday season. And finally, check out our network website. Uh, we are part, the three, uh, excuse me, the Tomcast Podcast is a proud member of the 3BZ Network of Podcasts. So please head over to 3BZine.com where you can find uh, tabs to all the shows on the network, which includes Beer Night in San Diego, this fine podcast, the Tomcast Podcast, and our Star Wars-focused Mandalorian-based episode the mando vision podcast another show hosted by yours truly you will also find our store envy page where you can buy sweet sweet merch for those last minute christmas gifts that you might need and i think i think we're still in hanukkah too so if you need a last minute hanukkah gift keep it going hey all right so we have a christmas based episode you know i was going through uh kind of like the archives of the tomcast podcast recently and uh you know we've we've done a lot of stuff uh, kind of themed around Christmas time in in the sense that like yes we have acknowledged the season of 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 Hanukkah and Christmas and and, and Kwanzaa this 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 uh holiday, this happy holiday season for for so many people of so many different uh, faiths and ethnicities and all and all that good stuff uh, but we've never really done anything specifically based on 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 the Christmas uh, genre of, of of films and and TV shows and movies and things like that so. Uh, we thought it might be kind of fun to do that. One little hole in the plan uh, was was that our good friend, uh, our our main man, uh, Mister Mister Jedi Raj, at Jedi Raj on Twitter and Instagram, not uh, not as well versed 
in the in the holiday films as as one might uh, uh hope or wish and and so uh we've we've had to call it a pinch hitter for today and and what pinch hitter can step up to the plate and and deliver uh the christmas merriment better than uh the the person that i spent more christmases with than anybody else uh yes that's right my my brother mark is coming into the podcast tonight and we're going to go over some of our favorite uh holiday viewing content and we we're we're terming it that way cuz it's going to be tv shows and it's going to be movies uh we didn't want to kind of like limit it we, but we did want to keep the scope narrow <laughs> you know there is a ton of stuff out there and we're going to talk about a lot of stuff a lot of really fun things and a lot of 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 not fun things too because guess what for every uh uh every reaction there's an equal and opposite reaction so for as many good movies as there are this time of year there are so many bad ones and we're gonna name a few of those too which might make it fun it might make this episode controversial because i know a lot of people have very strong opinions when it comes to their holiday viewing choices and uh yeah we might ruffle some of those uh proverbial uh, goose feathers this episode because uh uh yeah there's there's some christmas movies i think are complete trash but i know people love them so <laughs> but hey like i said the opposite reaction could be going on too i might name a bunch of movies that you guys think is total you know uh, uh uh gooseberry poo and and no one no one you know let me know let me hear about it y'all know where to get a hold of me y'all you see what i said there i said yeah <laughs> oh my goodness gracious the 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 pike the sponges the <laughs> We're off to a great start. We are off to a great start. The eggnog is clearly spiked, um, as it should be, for any any raucous Christmas party here at the Tomcast Popcast. So we are going to connect with my brother Mark, and we are going to begin to go over some uh, uh, what we consider to be holiday essential viewing. There will be some honorable mentions uh, that we won't talk about as much. We want to. We want to. There. There are some things to include. Uh, but again, I'm also going to name some names. There are uh, plenty of Hollywood movies I think should be avoided at all costs to your sanity. And just because you should have more respect for yourself than to waste 90 minutes to two hours of your life watching some of the dreck that comes out. And uh, don't worry, we're not even going to get started on like the 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 just the the un ungodly uh, uh, mass situation that's going on with with like the hallmark channel movies i mean they have like an entire network of christmas movies they just run it year-round non-stop we can't even go there we can't go there we're not going there we're talking about high quality stuff here high quality top-notch holiday entertainment for the masses all right i'm gonna stop talking let's connect with mark and get the podcast rolling but you got to do something first. It's it's the holiday season. We're all having a good time. Maybe we're we're passing that eggnog around. We're having the uh, the Belgian Christmas ales even. Ooh, they're so delightful this time of year. Sitting by a, a fire. Maybe you're roasting some chestnuts right now. Hey now, hey now. Nothing wrong with any of that. Uh, but there's still some rules to follow on the Tomcast podcast. We have to sit down. We have to buckle up. We have to hold on to our butts, and then we buckle up again. Because you can't have any 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 shakage, any loose shakage. It's a bumpy ride. You gotta be safe. You gotta be stable. We're gonna get into it. Here we go. Well, obviously something had to break the window. Something had to hit the stereo. And why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margot. 
All right, joining me now via the Skypes, the New Jersey, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. How are you, my dear sweet brother? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas to you too. Is this the weirdest Christmas on record? You think with with COVID and a pandemic in full swing still? It's pretty bad. <laughs> it definitely. If you're one of those that Christmas isn't necessarily the most wonderful time of the year already, then COVID definitely amplifies that by about a hundred times. Well, we got we got some good news, some silver lining today, uh, with the, with the uh, social media announcement that uh, that uh, that Sir Ian McKellen has gotten the vaccine in in England, and uh, Gandalf will live forever now. Um. Yeah, sure. <laughs> if you call that good news. Well, I love me some Ian McKellen, so that's all that matters. Uh, I love Ian McKellen, too. But we also just I also just got the headline here in L.A. County that all of the ICU beds are full. Well, so stay home. Stop going to parties, Mark. Well, yeah, exactly. But... Don't share your vape pen with strangers, okay? Share my what? <laughs> your vape pen. Oh, okay. <laughs> Noted. Are you having a festive uh, holiday drink with you today? I'm having a drink. <laughs> but not festively. I think it's kind of festive. Bring it on. What do we got? Um, I'm having Allagash's North Sky Stout. Oh, you had uh, yeah. I think you talked to me about that recently as well. That's a good one. Yeah, um, no, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I believe it's a winter seasonal, so it's it's seasonal, not necessarily holiday related. That's hey, that's perfectly acceptable. Not everyone in the world celebrates Christmas. That's perfectly fine. All right then. This is uh, I'm uh, today. I'm having uh, from Deschutes in Bend, Oregon. I'm having their Jubal Ale, which is a a winter ale full of uh, spice notes. And a robust malt character of toffee and dusted cocoa. Sounds good. Yeah, 6.7%. So this puppy will warm you up real fast if you aren't already uh, sitting by a fire at the moment, which you and I are in Southern California, so uh, we are probably not sitting by fires. No, plus I don't have a fireplace. (laughs) I have a decorative fireplace, but it does nothing. Right. (laughs) It's, It's terrible. Mark, I, I I've brought you in today because uh, we're 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 here to to kind of uh, uh, I don't know I mean it's sort of this this could be the last podcast for the year very likely uh, so we wanted to kind of acknowledge the holidays and and, and you know I, I've gone back through the old episodes of of the show and we never really had done a, a, a dedicated Christmas movie slash TV show episode in the past which uh, was slightly alarming to me that I hadn't gotten to this but in, in the past. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, to be fair, all right, listen, let's, let's just put this out on Front Street. For as many good Christmas movies or good holiday movies as there are, there's probably at least ten bad ones to go with every good one, right? At least. <laughs> I mean, Hallmark is churning them out every year. 
Yeah, yeah I, mean, I feel like they create like twenty new ones, and they're all terrible. Well, they're all the same at, at the right. same, you know, at, at the same time. They're 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 all cut from the same cloth. They all involve a gazebo uh, somewhere around the Connecticut Vermont area is usually a, a big destination for a lot of those Hallmark pictures. <laughs> Some kind of small mountain town. Yeah, you know, somebody's remote where you where yeah. you can get that snow look. And it's always somebody's come back from the big city because now they're having a life altering moment. Yes. <laughs> You're right about that. But I mean, not even counting the Hallmark movies. I mean, there's, there's plenty of big time movies that have been released in theaters that are Christmassy and terrible. Yeah. So I thought it'd be appropriate before we get into the good stuff, before we talk about the ones that we really, really like. And I, I'm putting this, putting this out there on front street for, for our wonderful listeners. I suspect the ones we like will be very different from the ones you like, and the ones that I think are terrible. I may, I, I listen. I may step on some toes here, okay? I'm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there may be some on this list that are gonna, are going to make people mad at me. But oh you, boy. But you can't get mad at me because it's it's Christmas and it's the season of perpetual hope. I disagree. <laughs> All right. Well, do you have any bad ones you, that you would you would you would uh? advise people like don't watch that that's not good christmas with the cranks christmas with the cranks is on my avoid list right it's awful don't watch it yeah it's terrible yeah i remember we saw that in theaters because we were like hey a christmas movie let's go see it and boy were we bored out of our minds oh it's and it's not good and it's, it's a, not good it's kind of a shame because i mean it's it's a decent cast you know tim allen and, and jimmy lee curtis and, and dan Aykroyd, and you, you know you might think you get some some mileage out of those those people not so much I don't even remember Dan Aykroyd being in that movie. Dan Aykroyd, actually, uh, I, I watched this movie a couple years ago to see if it was as bad as I remembered it, and Dan Aykroyd's character is god-awful. <laughs> it's so bad. Okay. Not that Tim Allen's character is any better, but it's just it's just like, I, I don't know. I just had this feeling. It's like, why am I watching this? And then I immediately changed the channel. All right. It's terrible. Got anything else? Um, I, I've never sat through this movie in its entirety because I just, I, I can't bear it. But anytime I happen to come across, I think it's called Surviving Christmas with Ben Affleck. And Gandolfini. Yes. Yeah, Tony Soprano himself. One of, one of, I think one of his last roles before he passed away. Unfortunate for him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I have never but, uh, seen that movie actually, so I can't I can't comment. Well, like I said, I have not sat through the entire thing. I have tried, but I usually get about wherever I started at. I usually get about twenty minutes in, and I'm just like, this is terrible. This is really bad. I can't even put my finger on it. Okay, but Don't it's you. just not. Again, maybe because I haven't seen the whole thing, but yeah, I I would I would say. They avoid it. All right. But maybe, maybe I should try seeing the whole movie. No, doesn't sound like it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have a movie, uh, a very similar, very similar to what you just said about surviving Christmas. In that, every time I try to watch it, I usually want to either punch myself or punch the television because I, 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 oh, I don't like it. It makes me so upset and so I don't know. Like th- this movie almost like ruins Christmas spirit for me. It, it gets me so upset. And that, that would be Deck the Halls with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. 
it's a nightmare. Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. I don't. It sounds familiar, but I do not remember this movie. It's not good. It's it's about uh, like the the. It's sort of uh, what's the best. I, I forget. I forget the the, the terminology that, that these people like to use. Um, but it's about uh, like almost like competitive Christmas like people, right? In the in the neighborhood, and they just keep one up in each other and trying to one up uh, upstage the other person. Okay. It's awful. Okay. They're terrible. Uh, and it confirms my theory that other than Ferris Bueller, I think Matthew Broderick's been in like maybe two good movies. And this is definitely not one of them. What would those be? I don't know. I'm just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's been around for a while. He has to be, have been at least two other movies <laughs> that are decent. <laughs> War Games. War Games. There you go. There's one. I think. Yeah, there you go. That's the, one of them. War Games, Ferris Bueller. Um. I don't know. What was that one he did with Brando? That was okay. The Graduate or something? The Freshman. Freshman. The Freshman. Thank you. Yeah, I don't remember enough, so I won't comment on whether or not I liked it. A young Frank Wiley is also in The, in the Freshman. Okay. <laughs> when his hair was very high before uh, before he, uh, before Tarantino took note of him. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so don't... I, I think he'll always have very high hair. Right? I don't know. If you saw him in the... What was he in? Luke Cage? Not that high anymore as he's gotten older. Oh, I, I never watched the, the Cage series. Well, definitely don't watch Deck the Halls. It's bad. Oh, I won't. All right. I ha- I have one more. Do you have more? Again, not off, not off the top of my head. No. Okay. Okay. This one is going to be the one that I think is going to ruffle some of those, those Christmas goose, goose feathers. Okay. Uh, this is a movie that I think I liked back in the day. When, when we were young and we watched it on VHS a couple times. Uh, to me, this movie has not aged well. And uh, I, I, it makes me want to uh, get violent when, <laughs> when I watch it. I get so upset. We tried to watch this a couple years ago, and I wanted to rip my face off. I, was, I hated it so much. And I'm referring, once again, to supposedly the King of Christmas himself, Tim Allen. I hate the Santa Claus. Oh, I never cared for the Santa Claus. Can't stand it anymore. I think like I said I think I liked it when we were younger, but I cannot stand it anymore. It's it's I rem- rough. I remember as a kid, I couldn't watch it. I was just like, this is like this is stupid. It's stupid. It is definitely <laughs> stupid. Yeah. You know, I don't know. So. If I, I don't know if when we were young, I was just thirsty for Christmas movies, but uh. uh or, or maybe I'm just having a bad memory. I just don't remember it well enough. But I, de- I definitely don't like it anymore. <laughs> and and that that son of his, holy smokes! Someone needs to take him out back and show him what is going on in the world. Oh my! <laughs> Bold statement, I know. Yeah. But no, it's funny. It, sorry. No, no. I was, I was just gonna say. I mean, there's a. I know a, a. I know a fair number of people who enjoy that movie, and I am not one of them. Well, I was gonna say I saw it was on on Disney Plus, and I was kind of like, ah, maybe I maybe I'll give it a try. So don't I don't it. know. In in the worlds of Kevin, you know Kevin McAllister who wants to give it a whirl, don't give it a whirl. That was a nice motorcycle you had to go by there. Yeah, I did not hear what you said. I'm sorry. Well, I was trying to quote uh, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, and he's like, "I'll give it a whirl. Do not ah, give the Santa Claus a whirl. Save yourself the time." All right, yeah. All right, now, now I guess it's it's fair to move into our sort of honorable mentions, like the movies we're we're going to mention, but we're not going to talk about it at at great length. Uh, yeah. 
I have, let me see, I have four. And they're not all movies. There's a, there's a, at least one TV special on here. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, it's four movies in a, in a TV special. All right. What do you got? I have one. One. Okay, well, maybe I'll go first and we'll save yours. Okay. <laughs> all right. I, I would like, I'd like to give an honorary uh, shout out to the, the Bing Crosby, Danny Kay classic White Christmas. I have a soft spot right. for it. I know many people yes. do not care for musicals, but I do. So I like White Christmas. I also like another one. <laughs> I'm, I might get ripped on this one, and you might be the one who, who does the ripping here. I really like Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad. Um, I don't remember it that well. I remember thinking it wasn't very good, but that, you know, it had some laughs. So remember Sinbad being very funny, and anytime Arnold attempts comedy, it, it's always funny whether it's intentional or or accidental. Yeah, it, it, with with that movie, it's it's almost like it being a good movie or a bad movie doesn't really matter. I'm really just watching it because I think the performances are pretty crazy. Like the 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 plot's pretty razor thin. I mean, like you know, Arnold's a, a sort of negligent negligent dad. He needs to get his kid a toy, and hijinks ensue. And and right. like, like you said, Sinbad's funny as hell. Arnold actually is is fairly funny in this. Uh, there's a Jim Belushi as like a as like a rogue Santa Claus who runs a, a, a counterfeit toy operation. It's pretty funny. And then vaguely remember the performance that that I just I can't get enough of when I watch this movie is 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 Phil Hartman as like the skeezy neighbor who's always hitting on uh, Rita Wilson, who's <laughs> playing Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. Yeah, like um, I barely remember Phil. Hartman being in that movie, but I mean, he was always great. So oh, he's just a total skis ball, you know, trying to like try to just like undermine Arnold Schwarzenegger every every turn. Like I said, it, it may not be a good movie, but there, there's there's these interesting, fun performances to watch. Right. So it, it gets an honorary mention on my in my in my book. I'm also going to shout out to uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Nice. I. You know what? I forgot about that. That should have that should have been on my list. Yeah, of of the many ad- adaptations of of Christmas of a Christmas Carol, that that is one of my favorites to this day still. Uh, and yeah, we'll we'll talk more about a Christmas Carol. I think that's going to come up <laughs> at least once or twice more on my list <laughs> later yeah. on. But yeah, Mickey's Christmas Carol uh, now widely available via Disney Plus. So so check it out when you can. I also want to give mention to the ref. Oh, I forgot about the ref. Yeah, great, great movie. Yeah, great movie. Dennis Leary, uh, uh, a pre-problematic Kevin Spacey, uh, Judy Davis is in this. Uh, uh, Christine Baranski, uh, just really funny, funny performances in a really dark holiday comedy. <laughs> it's yeah, it's worth watching. It's still worth watching. Like it's, I mean, it, but it's like it's like it's not like dark humor. It's like straight black humor. Like it is. <laughs> It's. Uh, I don't, I'd say it's just kind of dark humor, and it's just very, um, it's very quintessential Dennis Leary, you know, peak Dennis Leary, no cure for cancer, Dennis Leary, you know. Yeah, sure, sure. I, 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 I can still picture like Dennis Leary's face when he realizes that he's, uh, he's like kidnapped the most terrible people <laughs> that he could possibly have found, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just listening to them argue and bicker back and forth, and it, it, it's, it's a really funny movie. It, I think it still plays really well. Yeah, absolutely. 
And then uh, this one, it's I'm again. I think I'm gonna get run of the coals on this one too because it, it didn't make my my sort of top ten ish list here. But I still enjoy this movie. I just don't quite have the attachment to it that so many other people do. Uh, and th- and that would be a Christmas story. Okay. I thought, wow, I thought you loved the Christmas story. I really, well, listen, we, we tried to narrow it down to 10. Yeah. And, and I have 10 movies that I really, and, and again, because we also included TV specials, it sort yeah. of, it sort of bumped a Christmas story down. Okay. But that doesn't, again, that does not diminish my, my enjoyment of that movie. Uh, and I think, like I said, I think I sort of bumped it down a little bit because I don't, again, I don't quite have that affinity for it. We, you and I didn't grow up with that movie. Despite that it was available, we just never watched it till we were like late teens, early twenties. Yeah, I actually, I, I'm actually not a fan of a Christmas story. For me, like I love Darren McGavin as mm-hmm. the father. Sure, but uh, but that's that's kind of where my enjoyment. I don't want to say where it begins and ends because there are some funny things throughout the movie, but for the most part, he's the highlight, and the rest I can just kind of take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And there, there's there's a whole swath of newer movies that have come out over, over the last couple of years uh, that I like, but they just haven't quite... I haven't watched them enough to kind of have them permeate my, my must-watch-every-holiday-season kind of list. And, and uh, you know, I won't, I won't... I won't get into all of those because there's, there's a ton of them. But if, if I didn't... If, if you don't hear something on this list, you can hit me up, and I'll, I'll let you know what I think of that movie. Odds are I like it. It just I you know sometimes this list is definitely influenced by nostalgia and and, and a lot of that stuff too and and you know like the, these these movies and shows that we're going to talk about here and like there are our sort of top tenish style list are things that I've seen like dozens and dozens of times if not hundreds. Right. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. What was your honorable mention? My honorable mention. And the only reason why it's an honorable mention is because I've only seen it one time, but I feel like upon multiple viewings, it would make it onto the list proper. But it is the original 1974 Black Christmas. You know, I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> but, but, but go ahead. Talk, okay. I don't know if you want to just uh, mention any specific points about that movie, about why you like it so much. So if you do, please go ahead before I rudely interrupted you. Um... You know, it's it's a very it's very stylized. It's very grisly. It's bleak. Um, it has kind of a scream esque whodunit mystery. Um, and yeah, I just I, I love that sort of disturbing feeling during the holidays. I, th- I I think Christmas is you know where it's supposed to be kind of the the most wonderful time of the year i think it's also like a very haunting and kind of chilling time um and i think i think black christmas is kind of perfect for that oh right on you know i I wanted to make a note uh because i thought you would also be the perfect person to talk to this about um but i mean the you know we'd have we'll have to do another episode you know next christmas where we just focus on like the horror holiday movies you know because there's such right. a, a i mean there's almost like a deluge of them you know when you go scrolling around through netflix or amazon or whatever there's just there's like so many and so many of them are like do not look good but i'm i'm no. curious <laughs> i'm definitely yeah, curious to watch them most of them are are really bad but um the, this film really really stands out well i mean you, I, gosh what was it 
four or five. It might be longer ago than that. When 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 Krampus was all the rage, and there was like seven Krampus movies that came out in like one year. Yes, <laughs> and yeah. I only I think I only watched one of them, and it was okay. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, the 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 main stream one that 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 came out. Yeah, um, the one with Adam Scott and Tony Collette. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Like, it was perfectly fine. It was perfectly fine. It's got some fun bits. The the evil gingerbread men. And yeah. I, I think the best thing about that movie is kind of like the creatures. Yeah, it, it had some neat effects in there. Yeah, yeah. And, so it, it was fun for that. And in fact, I you know I almost feel like that deserves an, an honorable mention. So so thanks for bringing it up. But, <laughs> yeah, right on. <laughs> yeah, because I, I forgot about it. But like, yeah, it is. It is what it is, and and it you know it does its job. Yeah, it, it it would be fun sometime. We'll, we'll have to do some homework uh, before next Christmas, and maybe maybe we can do like the the horror holiday special. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I was I, I just kind of looked up a few things, and I was like, wow, there are so many of them, and many of them are a lot of the newer ones in particular are of that. Um, I you know you might know better the terminology, uh, but it's sort of like that new sort of like, hey, we have a fancy iPhone, let's make a movie. I don't, I, I mean, I don't it, know what the terminology for that other than is, uh, it's just kind of no budget horror. Yeah, and... a lot of them are, are sort of like the, you know, relying on sort of like, like a Blair Witch found footage sort of thing, or like someone's doing like the Cloverfield, like I'm recording this as it's happening sort of situation. Yeah, well that's fine, by all means, go ahead and like it, you know, if, if you don't necessarily have the skill set to, 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 to make a, a, a I don't want to say the skill set to make a movie, but, you know, if you don't know much about cinematography and stuff like that, then by all means, go ahead and make it found footage because I think that's a, a kind of sub-genre that, that lends itself very well to to amateur filmmakers. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, and I don't want to sound dismissive of that at all because I think it's really cool that the technology exists in our hands now to, to record something that, that looks pretty darn good. In all honesty, it's cool, but you also get a glut of really bad movies. <laughs> yes, but yeah, from that glut, uh, you know, hopefully a, a few uh, uh, gems are found as well. Yeah, it's hard. It, it's hard though to to sort of um, to, to to go through all the material because it, it was a lot easier when when movies were shot on film because you still had to to work really hard in order to get the film to, to shoot on it. And so you kind of, it, it just made the amount of material. There was a lot less to go through. So it was, so it was easier to find those kind of hidden gems, well, but, yeah. but now, now the gems are a little more, I should say a lot more hidden, a lot more hidden, but you know, you gotta, you gotta rely more on the, on that, that, you know, internet word of mouth sort of thing happening. You know, you go to a couple of, like websites that you trust, and all of a sudden they're mentioning something that the someone had told them about, and they agree, and that you know, it's it's just sort of like the propagation of word of mouth via the technology that exists nowadays. So it, hopefully, it helps kind of cut cut through that clutter, and you you do find those kind of hidden gems. But it is a lot harder yeah. nowadays. Um, you know, it's not like when you and I could just walk into a video store, and you know, feel like we could you know rent the entire place and have it back in a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of that. We're 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 kind of on a, on a little bit of a side tangent here. Uh, we have narrowed. We have created a list. We have we have curated our lists. Ten holiday specials or movies 
that we go to on a yearly basis. Uh, I did not ask the most important question of all, though, before we before you we, before we started compiling our lists. Okay. And that is that is the the question that divides many a household. People have been divorced over this topic, and, and so we need to set the record straight now on on whether we consider this fair game or not. Okay. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie for the for the for the sake of this episode? One hundred percent. All right. Well, that changes everything on my list then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, what's the first movie you want to mention? I'm, well, speaking of Die Hard, I'm going to bring up Lethal Weapon. (laughs) You are the Mr. Joshua of this podcast. Oh, thank you. (laughs) A pre-crazy Gary Busey. What's that? A pre-crazy Gary Busey. Yeah, pre-crazy Gary Busey, even though he's playing a crazy person. Um, But no, I mean, I, I, I... I love this movie, and I think um, on this podcast in particular, with uh, the whole Hans Tober festival <laughs> that you guys do, I don't think Lethal Weapon gets enough play. So I just wanted to bring it up and say I think it's better than Die Hard. How dare you? <laughs> How um, dare you? I will, Those I will are fighting take... words. Yep. I'm sending, your, will... I'm sending your Christmas gifts back. It's over. <laughs> No, I'll take uh, Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh over John McClane and Al Powell any day. Oof. <laughs> That's a strong opening statement for, the, for this, this holiday countdown. I just think it's a great movie. It's uh, masterfully directed by Richard Donner. Great screenplay by Shane Black. And I, I don't think it gets much better than that. I Listen, I, hey, I really enjoy Lethal Weapon 2. And I, I kind of... Um, I was on that hill for a while with Lethal Weapon being being one of those those movies I'd watch at Christmas time, uh, but it, it eventually got the bump because I'm old now and I'm far too sentimental, so I, I got more wholesome family fare on my list. Like Die Hard. Well, ah, well, initially I didn't think you were going to count Die Hard, so I oh. wasn't sure if I should include it. <laughs> okay, well, look, I got another movie on here that I'll bring up later that. Most people will say it doesn't belong on this list, but to me it does. Well, so. we have uh, these. Li- I I have a feeling these li- these lists are going to be very different from one another after this opening shot here with, with Lethal Weapon. Okay. And hey, I I enjoy Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> but I love me some Die Hard. Just watched Die Hard last weekend, actually. Of course you did. Because <laughs> it's 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 tradition. I I watch it. I mean, I watch it all the time. Like, I'm not going to lie. I watch it all the time. But I make a point to watch it at some point just prior to Christmas. All right. Yeah. Love me the Gruber. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Bill Clay. I know Bill Clay. (laughs) All right. Well, the first one I want to mention, this is is probably the newest thing on my list. But it's a movie I've become uh, pretty enamored with over the last couple of years. And uh, I'm actually... uh, uh, shortly going to be finishing the the book that it was based on um and that would be the the movie version of the man who invented christmas you've told me about this film numerous times i still haven't had the chance to watch it well i'm glad my recommendation goes far <laughs> I, I sorry man <laughs> no, it, it's um uh, it stars dan stevens as charles dickens and it's about 
sort of the process he went through to create A Christmas Carol and how uh, at the time, and this is something that I was kind of unaware of, but in like the 1830s, you know, Christmas was like not something celebrated widely by many, many people at all. And it was kind of on its way out. And how Dickens in A Christmas Carol was sort of the 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 impetus for the revitalization of Christmas of the Christmas season, the Christmas spirit and the, the, the holiday itself. And, uh, I think it's a fascinating movie. It has wonderful performances in it. Um, and if you like the movie, the book is a wonderful exploration of some of those things they kind of hit on, but can't dive into like okay. the reasons why Christmas is kind of on the way out in the 1830s. Hmm. It's it's really it's really interesting stuff. It's really fascinating, but the movie's a lot of fun, and it doesn't kind of like bog you down with a lot of that that history stuff if you don't want it. Okay. It kind of stays in the vein of the you know the Christmas spirit and how the book kind of came to be. All right. So yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Christopher Plummer is is Scrooge in it, and it's 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 he's wonderful, uh, and it's it's a fairly short film too, so it does not take long to watch. So the, the man who invented Christmas, and I uh, will talk more about the book once I finish that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got? Um, I have the original Simpsons Christmas special. Oh, what a nice pull! <laughs> what a nice pull! I'm oh, that makes me angry because I should have thought of that. That's a great pull. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so the episode titled. Simpsons roasting on an open fire. It's the very first episode of The Simpsons. Um, and I love it because it, um, I, you know, I think especially like those early Simpsons seasons, like they, there's something about it that's very grounded and The Simpsons feel very real. And they're, they're just a family that struggles and they just kind of do their best. And it's... You know, it's just an endearing story where, um, because Bart gets a tattoo, um, Marge has to spend the the family Christmas savings to get the tattoo removed. Right. And then Homer doesn't get his Christmas bonus, so he has to uh, become a mall Santa. And then with his piddly earnings from that job, he goes to the track and bets it all on Santa's little helper, the race dog who, of course, loses, and then at the end of the episode, when Santa's little helper uh, is sort of disowned by by his owner, the Simpsons adopt Santa's little helper, and it turns out to be just the best Christmas present that that Homer could get for the family. And I I think it's a great message, and there's a lot of other things in it that... It's kind of like the reverse of, um, I'm sure, a movie that will come up during this episode, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It might. Yeah, where uh, where Clark doesn't get his Christmas bonus, so there's that that similarity. But there's also kind of the the reversal where where Clark, you know, he's he decks the house in in so many lights, whereas Homer, you know, he puts a few strings of lights on and only like a couple bulbs work. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it 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 just feels very honest and very humble, and 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 I I really enjoy that. Yeah, and of course you can't you can't uh, forget about uh, little baby Maggie in her little uh, Christmas star onesie kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, little, her, little her star shaped winter coat. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think that's a great pull. I, I'm really I'm really very jealous you thought of that instead of me. Good job. 
Thank you. Well, since you mentioned it, I mean, we, we might as well talk about it. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, um, I don't, what's the best way to encapsulate this movie, you think? <laughs> I Wacky. Mean, it's, yeah, it's just like the, the, it, you know, it's a Griswold movie. It's, it's, it's Clark Griswold hijinks. Everything goes wrong. Everything that can go wrong does go wrong. You get Cousin Eddie entering a septic sewer into a gas tank, or into the sewer lines. Yep. <laughs> the shitter's full, Mark. Shitter's full. <laughs> You you get Julia Louis Dreyfus as as uh, this you know Chicago yuppie living out in the suburbs. I mean, right. the movie kind of has it all. It it's... does. It, it has such a such a great cast. I I, I just want I I don't know what it is, but I think every Christmas I you know when I watch National Lampoons, I always forget that it's written by John Hughes. Well, he wrote he wrote the original. Uh, Lampoon. I, I'm not sure if he did European Vacation, but I know he definitely wrote the original Vacation. Okay, and so, yeah, I'd forgotten that. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right on. And uh, yeah, I, I think there's even stories about how that and Home Alone were kind of in production around the same time as each other, and so John Hughes was kind of all over the place at that time, to- at that point, trying to make both of those movies work. Yeah, National Lampoons was '89, and Home Alone was '90, so so they might have overlapped. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, it's it's a fun movie to watch because uh, you know it, it came out in the you know like you said eighty nine. So you and I were were still very young. Um, so a lot of the humor I think was kind of lost on us initially. Uh, yes. You know some of the stuff when it came to like relating to parents and and, the, and like having extended family in the house for a prolonged period of time. Right. Uh, but now I I fully understand all of it. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm like wow it's it's pretty accurate. <laughs> Yeah, just how how crazy Clark goes and well, and, um, and I mean to be fair, I, you know, I think a lot of us uh, who who maybe grew up in the same time period, we all kind of have this idea of you know what Christmas should be and like this sort of like Norman Rockwell, Charles Dickens esque Christmas adventure, you know, kind of Christmas family uh, event. Yeah, <laughs> and it never goes right ever. It's impossible. No. It's like the impossible dream. Right. And uh, yeah, so it leads to a lot of fun. It's I guess the only thing I wish of uh, that was different about this movie is I, and it's something that I see now. I didn't notice it when I was when we, when we were young. I think it became very obvious to me once once we started living in like, in like a high def world that they filmed this in the back lot of Warner Brothers in L A. <laughs> and not like in Chicago in the snow. Okay. Um, sure. I I don't know. It's an... Never really bothered me. I know it's one of those like little nitpicks thing. It's like, oh, it's supposed to be so cold, but no one, you can't see anyone's breath. <laughs> There's only like a handful of shots that were that were like done actually like out in the world, which is like, like, all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I th- I almost feel like that kind of adds a little something to it, and I think accidentally, because I feel like at times you know it just looks like Clark is sweating. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just just symbolic of all the stress he's under and how crazy he's going. That's a good so. Point. Well, and, and, and hey, you, you can't you can't get better than than, uh, well, I guess you could, but Randy Randy Quaid's pretty uh pretty darn epic and quotable in this one. Yeah, I mean, he may be crazy, but I will always love him for his portrayal of Cousin Eddie in this movie. <laughs> it's so great. The the polyester leisure suit, yes, just all of it. Oh God, when they're when they're at the Walmart, he just keeps adding dog food to the cart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many weird, funny things. Yeah. Uh, 
what is next on your list? Okay, let me see. Next on my list is Home Alone. Home Alone is also on my list. I figured as much. Yeah, excellent. All right. Yeah, Home Alone, a movie that I, I wonder, maybe you know better than I, but I feel like this is like one of the, I mean, this might be the first movie that we saw more than once in the theaters. Did we see this more than once in theaters? I remember seeing this at least at least three times in movie theaters. I remember seeing it once. Maybe I went without you. Probably. <laughs> that sounds like you. Yeah, but I mean, I had to have gone with somebody. Like I was like 11 when this came out. Yeah, I know. That's the weird thing. <laughs> so, who the hell was I with? <laughs> I don't know. I just I remember seeing it one time, but maybe maybe I forgot. I, I feel like our parents weren't down for like multiple theatrical viewings. Maybe I kind of to go with like our friends and their parents or something. I don't know. Probably. Yeah, that might that might have been the scenario. But yeah, I I love Home Alone. That's a movie I watched. Uh, uh, God, we just watched it like last week. Um, okay. Actually, I think we've watched it twice this Christmas. The, the first time the wife wow. was okay with it. The second time she was like, "Why are we watching this again?" And I said, why are we not watching this again? I mean, you could always watch Home Alone too. No. It's the same movie. It's... <laughs> Only Listen. not as funny. I don't want to go down the down this path necessarily, but I will mention to you that I find Home Alone, to, Home Alone 2 to be extremely mean-spirited and borderline psychotic. <laughs> what, you mean hitting people with bricks? From a four-story you know, brownstone? Yeah, I do. I find, yeah. I'm like, that's attempted murder. <laughs> You're no longer defending your home. You're attempting to kill people in the streets of New York. He's defending a, a derelict building. That he broke into. <laughs> yeah. And it's not derelict. It's being renovated. Well, look, they, hey, they were trying to kill him. So, you know what? Fuck those guys. <laughs> well, that, that's, a pro- that's a problem, too. But I, I, feel, like, I feel like Kevin might have picked the fight this time. <laughs> Did he? I don't know. I, 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 I don't want to go down this road. Let's talk about the first one that we do like. Okay. <laughs> I love the first one. Uh, it's, again, John Hughes. It's it's charming. It's sweet. It's got that, that kind of crazy family energy at the beginning of the movie. Um, and then, like, the parents go away and Kevin's left alone. You get Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, who are, uh, in this movie, are perfect Yes. There's no homicidal tendencies involved here. <laughs> no, they just they just want to rob houses. They just want to rob houses and turn on faucets of water. Well, only Daniel Stern <laughs> wants to turn on faucets. Uh, what do you think it is about Home Alone that, 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 that endears it to you so much? I mean, I think it's funny, I, you know, but I think, especially having gotten older, it has a lot of heart, you know, sort of it, it, its message about about family and that, you know, you only have one family and sometimes you, you may wish they were gone, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they're who, they're who you've got, you know? Yeah. And I think, I, you know, I think that's a very important message, especially around, around Christmas time. Um, and I also, I, I really like the story line with, um, the supposedly creepy neighbor, who turns out to be a good guy who really just wants to, uh, you know, mend things with his family, um, sort of echoing things uh, that 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 are going on in Kevin's life, and the two are able to to help each other. I think that's a very endearing plot line. So, yeah, I, I just think it's a memor- uh, memorable movie, and you know, Macaulay Culkin is he's great in it. He's kind of yeah, the original kid. child star. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. I think one of my favorite things about the movie, as I've as I've kind of aged with it, is, uh, you know, when I was younger, it was all about like the Kevin stuff and and, and right. show me more of Kevin in the house and doing fun, crazy things and and you know all that stuff. Now when I watch it, like I still enjoy that stuff. But I, I have so much more fun watching uh, Catherine O'Hare's character, the mom, trying to get back yes. to Kevin and like all the different things she goes through to get back. And then once she teams up with John Candy, it's just – I mean that conversation in the back of the the, the budget rental truck, it's just – it it's makes great. me laugh so much. <laughs> and like her reaction to things that John Candy's saying, I mean it's just – it's really just it's, uh, priceless. And then uh, the, my favorite part of the movie is still – uh, the is still Daniel Stern's primal scream as the tarantula is placed on his face. <laughs> it's a good one. That gets me every time. I basically howl with laughter at that one. <laughs> yeah, I I still I I love Daniel Stern. I think this is like his peak. Um, I think he's so great in this and his physical comedy. I think is really off the charts. And and the scene where he's kind of snooping around the house and, and Kevin plays the the recording from what is it? Angels with dirty wings yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. 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 Like so, just like the, the way he runs away and he's just like banging into trash cans. <laughs> it's, it's so great. Uh, really good physical comedy in this one for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do I want to bring up? Let's bring up one of the TV. Let me, I'll bring up one of the TV ones and uh, I'll start with, with uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas, the Dr. Seuss. Okay, this is not on my list. I adore this so much. Uh, I know there have been multiple iterations of it of it done, but the the OG Boris Karloff narrated Grinch with the yes. Chuck Jones art is just stellar to watch. It is, and, you know, and it I, I I love it. I mean, it's like what twenty two minutes long. It's so succinct and brief and to the point, but it's so emotional all at the same time. I mean, you go you go on this journey with the Grinch. Uh, yeah, and it's it's just spellbinding. It's yeah. twenty two minutes that fly by, and you're completely enraptured in the the songs of the Who's and the the you know the, the evil smile of the Grinch and the and the Grinch songs. Obviously, you know, Mean One Mister Grinch is is definitely a big deal this, to this day. Right. Uh, you have the wonderful dog. <laughs> I mean, gonna, the the dog is still my favorite point, part. The 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 ever the dog. loyal dog. Yeah, Max the dog. Yes, yeah. so great. Uh, I love the Grinch. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Jim Carrey film version. I have never seen it. I, I don't care for it much. It relies too much on fart humor, <laughs> which there's nothing Always. wrong with a fart joke. But uh... <laughs> look, there's a lot wrong with fart jokes. <laughs> please stop, Hollywood. Please stop. But I did. I did really. I actually enjoyed the recent, the animated. Uh, I think it was the Illumination who did the the new most recent animated version with uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch as as the Grinch. I thought that was pretty good. Okay, I I, I never saw that. I saw they were. I, I I saw that they made it, and I was like, oh, it's animated. Maybe it's you know, there's something to it. But I just haven't gotten around to to watching yeah, it. I think that one's. Uh, it has the right spirit about it. Which is yeah. important to me, but yeah, that 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 original, like I said, that the the one with with Chuck Jones and Boris Karloff, that's just that's masterful. Yeah, that's pretty perfect. Yeah, you got anything? What's your next one, my, my man? Oh, my next one. Let me see here. Oh well, speaking of animated specials, I have 1964's Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. This is on my list as well. It had to be the Rankin and Bass classic. Yes. Um. 
yeah. I mean, I don't know. If you don't like this, what is wrong with you? <laughs> it's, it's just wonderful stop motion work. It's it's funny and entertaining. I think it works for all ages. I, I think so too, and yeah. I, I think yeah. Even though it's you know it's older stop motion animation, so it's kind of like a little little like jittery, or whatever. I feel like that gives it kind of so much more life. And, and I think it's part of the charm too. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know the songs by uh, sung by by Burl Ives as yeah. Sam the Snowman. Yeah, good and, stuff. And you know I I like you know the the movie is the story of Rudolph that, that we hear in the song, but it, it adds so much more to it, especially characters like Yukon Cornelius. Yukon um, Cornelius, sure. he's great. Silver and gold, baby. Silver and gold and, and the abominable snowman and the island of misfit toys. And it's, it's, just, a, it's just a fun adventure and, and so much so much of the humor I think comes from, from the stop motion animation itself. And it, it's, it's just like this fully realized little, little world in just this little, I, I think it, it's about like 40 minutes long. I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah, 40, 45 or something like that. But yeah, you're right. And you know, obviously it's, it's a story that sort of like transcends time in, in the sense that it's like it's it's about people finding their place in the world and finding out who they are and and you know maybe maybe it's not what people thought they were, but right. being comfortable with with who you are and then stuff like that and and uh, you know important themes to this day. So I, I I think Rudolph is just completely endearing, and and anyone who wants to talk smack about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you you have to deal with me. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. Go, <laughs> you you go find a humble bumble. You won't. That bumble can bite your head off. And we learned so much about bumbles too. Did you, I mean I didn't know bumbles bounced. I had no idea. This is this is uh, knowledge for life. Nor did I realize they like decorating Christmas trees. Oh, they're so good at it. The way they get yeah. that tree on the, that uh, the the star on the top. Woo. Yeah. Because just like Rudolph and just like his dentist elf friend, who I'm sorry I'm forgetting Hermie. his name right now. Hermie, yes, just like Rudolph and Hermie, he has to find his place as well. Agreed. Agreed. Well, this, this this is probably a perfect segue for the next movie on my list. Uh, and that would be the, the Will Ferrell starring Elf. All right, movie, not on mine. A movie heavily informed by Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Rankin and Bass uh, version. I mean, the costumes are basically right out of that, that stop-motion uh, yes. Rudolph. I, I This is a movie, I liked it when it first came out, but it has... Uh, woven its way into my heart in a way I did not expect where like okay. I can I, I fanatically watch this movie every year multiple times and occasionally sometimes in June or July just because it's on oh boy <laughs> oh yeah I love this movie it has so much emotion and so much heart to it it's so innocent and fun like there's nothing in this movie for people to like point out and be like no that's dumb it's like you, you buy into it or you don't. Right. But I feel like you buy into it because Will Ferrell is so bought in himself. He's so convincing as like this this man, this human raised by elves who believes he's an elf. And, and you know, of course he lives in the North Pole and of course he works with Santa Claus. And, you know, he comes to the real world and everyone's like, you're effing crazy. But yeah. he's, he's so he's so charming. He's so endearing. And, he, he you know, his his kindness and his, his generosity just it's like infectious and he works his way into everybody's hearts and stuff like that. It's I, 
I can't get enough of Elf. I think it's become like the modern Christmas classic, as far as as far as um, something that everyone can watch. Hmm. I feel more like the James Conn character. He hasn't worked his way into my heart just yet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember... there, there are things about the movie that I like, and and the the Rankin and Bass influences are are are. That's definitely one of those things that that I do enjoy about the movie. Bob Newhart as the narrator. Newhart is fantastic. He's amazing. Um, and and yeah, the the movie has. Uh, Quite quite a few gags that that I think are very funny. I uh, really like Zoe Deschanel in her role. Um, so I feel like, like yeah, I. It I don't sounds know, like maybe... you like this movie. You should just watch it more. What's that? <laughs> it sounds like you like this movie. Just watch it more. The thing is, is <laughs> I, I feel like I like all the things around Will Ferrell, but it's Will Ferrell himself. I'm just like I don't know. It's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's kind of Will Ferrell's thing, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is, and you know, I mean, Will Ferrell is very hit or miss for me. Sometimes I'm down, other times I'm just like, no, stay away. <laughs> well, to be fair, people, a lot of people are like that to Buddy the Elf. They're like, get away from me, you weird elf man. <laughs> very true. <laughs> I again, I love this movie, um, and it, it's one of the it's one of the few that. Um, I shouldn't say few. That makes her sound like mean, but it's one of the ones that Janine agrees with me on that we can watch and and we all have a good time and and we'll put it on. Like again, like I said, I I love sort of like a. It sort of has like this this modern timelessness to it, uh, but we can put this on when when people of all ages are over and it, no one's gonna get upset. You know you don't yeah. have to, you don't have to worry about like the dirty the dirty sex part coming up and like oh uh, fast forwards so your mom doesn't see this part you know it's right. it's, it's like I, I think it's like the, almost a perfect holiday movie you know all right. all right look I know that I I have seen that movie more times than I ever wanted to because <laughs> I go over to your house yes, that's true. That's for Christmas true. and we always end up watching Elf I know and it's always like really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's my Mark impression. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, hey, I love it. I love Elf. I'm saying it here on the record. Boom, and I like all the singing too. Not mad at it. All right, <laughs> all right. Uh, that was a nice transition though from Rudolph into Elf. I mean, the Rankin and Bass connection, obviously. Let's do Worked it. Worked very well. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's your turn, my friend. What's next on yours? I have 1984's Gremlins. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is on mine as well. I'm so glad yeah. you. you I, I had a feeling we were going to be simpatico on this one. I mean, yeah, this is this is one of those ones. Um, I I try to watch it every year. I, I you know I don't necessarily get to everything, all the movies I want to watch every year, but this is definitely one I I try to get to. And uh, directed by Joe Dante, written by Christopher Columbus, who directed Home Alone. Um, I remember seeing this in theaters yes i do too so i couldn't I believe was, our parents i look back i can't believe our parents took us to see this when we were this young <laughs> i was i was four years old <laughs> like that's insane but thank you thank you mom and dad yes because when i think about it so so i remember seeing it in theaters and i loved it but i also remember like it gave me nightmares it was terrifying yeah and because you uh, were four i was six so i was yeah. not much older <laughs> so um, you know, I think like this might have really been kind of like my first 
exposure to to horror movies, even though it's not strictly a horror movie. Um, but but the Gremlins, like, yeah, they they were scary. They were funny and goofy, but they were also scary too. Yeah, no, and, I, I think that speaks to uh, Joe Dante's direction. Yeah, you know, absolutely. To, to balance the, the comedy and the family and and the the, the Christmas parts and 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 that, that horror element as well. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a really finely tuned machine on this one. Yeah, and um, and Phoebe Cates like just like fucked up Christmas story. Holy shit! <laughs> that that always stood out to me. That's one of my most memorable, uh, one of the most memorable things in, in the movie for me. Um, because yeah, that, like that, there is it, it kind of introduced me to the idea that like yeah, you know what, Christmas is not necessarily the happiest time of the year for many many people. It's hard for a lot of folks. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. And 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 so I like those kind of like darker undertones. Mm-hmm. I, I think for the for the reason that that I I mentioned earlier, I feel like there's 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 kind of a haunting atmosphere to Christmas in 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 my opinion. And and this movie really I think taps into that. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Uh, but so many other things about it are. I, I mean, I think all all the performances are great. You know, you got um, uh, Galligan as um, Zach Galligan. Zach Galligan as Billy Peltzer. Phoebe Cates, of course, Judge Reinhold. Um, I'm not remembering everyone. Corey Feldman. Um, Hoyt Axton remember- as the dad. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, did. Gizmo himself as a character, um, it all, I think it all just works so well. And, and that scene of Mrs. Peltzer just destroying gremlins in her kitchen is amazing. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, that's a really tense scene, you know, with, with them coming after her in the kitchen and, you know, she has, she puts one in the blender, one in the microwave. She's like knifes one. Like, yep. don't fuck around, Mrs. Peltzer. She may have some PTSD after this, but she's hardcore. She is hardcore, and that that shot of of the gremlin exploding in the microwave just seared into my mind. Yes, the 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 creature work on this movie is awesome. It's off the charts. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I mean, this easily could have gone like B movie route, but it's top notch. Yeah. And do you now, know? Uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, like, do you know much about, like, the, the making of it or the, the original screenplay? Ooh, you know, that is something I uh, want. I, I remember one year I, I did read a bunch of stuff on IMDb, but I've forgotten, like, 90% of it. Yeah, I, I so, like, I, I know Chris Columbus, like, he, he originally wrote it as just, like, a horror movie that mm-hmm. took place during Christmas. And, um... You know, like it was very dark. Like I, 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 if I remember correctly, I think the Gremlins actually kill Mils, Mrs. Peltzer in in that scene and in, in in that original version. I was just saying, I think it, I remember they kill a lot more people in the original version in the original yeah. screenplay at least. Yeah, but it was it was Spielberg who came in and said, um, "No, you know, like you have to keep Gizmo as a character. Like I guess Gizmo died or Gizmo maybe became, became one, one of the Gremlins." Yeah. Yeah, and and he was like, no, you have to keep Gizmo as kind of like the heart of your movie. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting story about about how how the movie was made. I think. Yeah, I'd love to see more of of kind of how that movie came together because it is it is this, this wonderful blend of so many different elements, and and I think the the Christmas theme being introduced as 
uh, it has a lot of play. I mean, you mentioned it's from 1984, but I think the idea of the of a parent trying to find the perfect Christmas gift and it going horribly wrong and basically destroying the entire small town in the middle of America, I think that <laughs> I think that plays nowadays too. I think yeah. that, though nowadays it'd be like a biological warfare sort of situation, you know. But um, right, but uh, it, it plays. I mean, that that's something people can relate to. Like, oh, I have to give my kid the perfect gift. Oh, it just happened to kill everyone in this town. <laughs> Shit, that didn't work out. Yeah. Here, here, I have a bathroom buddy on me. <laughs> um, kind of to go back to to what you said earlier about National Lampoon's. Though, I, this is a movie also shot on on the Warner Brothers backlot, though, and I feel like you don't you don't feel it at all. You can tell it's a set, but you don't feel it. And p- perhaps, maybe, perhaps that speaks to the caliber of director that Joe Dante is versus. Uh, the gentleman who did National Lampoon's, whose name I don't even recall. I have it written down here somewhere. Where is that? Let me see. National Lampoon's Christmas is directed by Jeremiah S. Chechik. I hope I said that right. Well, uh, I think Joe Dante's Bonafides are a little bit better than his. Well, yeah. We remembered <laughs> his name. Well, Joe Dante's pretty awesome. That's why I know him. Yeah, he's a great director. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah, mad shout out to uh, Mr. Futterman. Mr. Futterman. <laughs> That's a Kentucky Harvester. That's right. <laughs> so good. Yeah, you're right. We should watch Gremlins. You're right. Are you in? Um, I think is now the time we bring up Peanuts. Sure. Let's bring up Peanuts. Yeah. You are the. You are. I. I, I defer to you. I, I bring up Peanuts, but I, I defer to you on this because you are uh, the unofficial Charlie Brown Snoopy uh, uh, aficionado of the Tomcast podcast. So oh. so talk to me. About why Peanuts is great, even though we all know Peanuts Christmas special is great. I I I think, you know, I I, I think it's because I out of every film that we've talked about, and I think that we're gonna talk about, I I think this movie or this special in twenty five minutes encapsulates the the true meaning of Christmas better better than any of them, um, and. You know, it all comes down to kind of Linus's speech towards or at the end of the second act, which is that, you know, Charlie Brown is screaming about what's the point? What What is the point of Christmas? Because he's surrounded by all these people who are who are making fun of him and think that Christmas should be this particular way about like glossy, pretty tin Christmas trees and uh you know, Linus gives a speech and it, it's, it's straight out of scripture mm-hmm. and he's basically reciting scripture. And, and, but at the end of it, it's summed up as it's about peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And I think, I think that's why it works so well, you know, but aside from that, I, I think it's hilarious. I think the animation is, um, it's just on point with Charles Schulz's style from, from the comic strip um, the fact that they used uh, children to to voice the children, I think, works incredibly well, um, and it's it's a very perfectly structured twenty five minutes of of animation, and and it's hilarious. All the characters are so distinct, and and Snoopy's antics are great, and I I just love it. I, I find it very endearing. Yeah, I I don't really have much more to add to that. I think you, I think you. Uh, summarized it pretty perfectly. Uh, yeah, it it really is. It's I mean, it's it's Christmas distilled in like like you said, the perfect twenty five minutes. Yeah. Of everything of, of what it's supposed to be, as opposed to, 
you know the the malls and the 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 extravagant gifts and and all the all the sort of uh glossy frilly stuff around the around the edges and it just gets to like the core of what it really is you know yeah, and, yeah. Is, is it weird to say that peanuts puts the Christ in Christmas? Is that a weird saying? <laughs> it's a little, it, it's strange, but I'll, yeah, I like it. I mean, it, I mean, cause like you said, I mean, they, they are quoting scripture at, at a certain point in there. And I mean, yeah, again, we're, the Tomcast podcast is not an overtly religious show by any means. Uh, but it, there is a reason for the season, right? Yeah. Christmas is about, it, it's Christian. It's, you know, so and again, I and I uh, agreed, and I'm I actually have no uh, uh, problem with the holly having grown to become more than that. That I have no problem with that whatsoever. By the way, but sure, absolutely. But the roots are there in Christianity, and that's just what it is. Yeah. So you know, any any uh, secularists out there, I'm sorry. That's just <laughs> that's just how it is. Yeah, just I, I you know in, enjoy the season for what it is. Whether you know you. I should say you can enjoy the season for whatever it is, whether it's it's because of Christmas, whether it's because of Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, or, or just the winter solstice. Yeah, you know whatever it is. The vibes are all the same, like you said, like 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 being good to each other, being kind to each other, helping each other. I mean, those are the most important things that that run across all the religions, and and whether religious or not, that should run across humanity in general. Uh, yeah. just as a reminder. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What do you want to get into next? What's on your list? Well, next on my list, I think I'll save what's next on my list and I'll, I'll jump above that one Two, And this might be cliche, but 1946's It's a Wonderful Life. This had to be on the list. Yeah. We, we had, so. we, yeah. This is on mine. This, this had to be called, this, this has to be on there. Um, you know, it. I think everyone knows the story now about "It's a Wonderful Life." How, like, when it came out, it was kind of a flop. No one yeah. really cared, and it just became one of those movies that that grew over the years, over the years, over to the, into like the sort of holiday behemoth that it is now. Yeah. And and uh, again, like we, we just talked about, like sort of those, those themes of being good to each other, being kind to each other, and this this has all those, but it also shows. Um. <sighs> Correct me if I'm wrong, or if I'm misspeaking a little bit here, but it's just like the importance of one person and how their actions and and the way they do things can help so many other people around them without them even being aware of it. Um, no, I, I think that's that's a hundred percent on target. Um, I think it's you know it's a reminder that you know you're making a difference in your life and in the lives of others. You even if you don't feel like you are and um you know again as as we've we've mentioned christmas isn't always a good time of year for a lot of people and and so i think that that's a very important message for for people to to hear yeah that uh, agreed 100 percent. you know no matter how bad things might be uh you do have value and you do have worth to 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 many other people and and your absence would be felt and this is the movie that kind of shows that, and and, and yeah. personifies like just how important a person can be to, to to so many others. Even if you think you're not doing anything, you even if it feels like you're not living your best life, because you know Jimmy Stewart's character had all these big plans, he had all these ambitions and all these things, and he doesn't get to do any of them. 
but he's no. made so many other people's lives better because of his his uh, sense of commitment and responsibility to the town and to the people of it. Um, it's it's just a one. It, I, it's, it's just <laughs> it's a, wonderful a wonderful movie. movie. <laughs> it's just a really wonderful, sweet, incredibly touching, incredibly powerful movie. Yeah. And and uh, uh, Frank Capra's grandson, I believe, was like the second unit director on National Lampoon's Christmas. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. I think he I think he directed the second unit on that one. So like, there's a little bit of, the, of that uh, Capra magic running through that film as well. But oh, very uh, nice. uh, yeah, I, it feels weird to try and 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 present reasons why someone needs to watch this movie because you should know these already. Like if you haven't watched it's a wonderful life, you are really missing out on a good time. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's a long movie, but I, you know, it's definitely worth it. Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, they're all fantastic in this movie. Yeah. Everyone's great in this movie. Um, the cinematography is black and white. The cinematography is just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and so many, uh, so many things in there are, so much of that movie is a, it permeated the culture, you know, like like expressions in that movie, you know, every time a bell rings, Nano gets his wings, Potter's feels a thing, you know, like all these things. Like, there's so many elements of the movie. You're like, oh, I've heard that expression before. It came from this. Yeah, it, it, that and also just like how many, how many kind of like uh, spoofs of of the idea of sort of seeing what your life would be like if you hadn't been born. How many of those have been done? It's it's so ingrained in into popular culture. It's actually one of my, one of my favorite favorite tropes. <laughs> it really is <laughs> when it's because it, when it's done really well. I mean, it's it's it can be really powerful and really emotional. And sometimes, uh, again, if it's if it's if it's done with with characters that you are familiar with, like if they do it in like more long form storytelling, and a character sort of experiences this moment, uh, it it can be a profound way for that character to become recentered. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it all starts from here. Yeah, it all starts with, with with Jimmy Stewart on that bridge on Christmas, making a making a making a, a desperate prayer, and, yeah. and it being answered. And um, I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I, uh, I as I've gotten older, I've become uh, extremely sentimental, which means I'm also extremely emotional. And almost every movie we've listed here makes me cry at one point or another. <laughs> and this is one of those movies I cry multiple times during, whether it's at the beginning, the middle, or the end. Whoa. I know, I know. I've become such a softy, but I'm okay with it. I embrace the softness in a warm blanket of tissue. I need it to <laughs> blow good. my nose and to dab my eyes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I got nothing else to say about it. It's a wonderful life. It's, it's fantastic. Agreed. All right, I will ask you, what do you have on your list now? Um. All right. I'll go to this one just because this is the one that I said most people will say this does not belong on a Christmas list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I bring it up simply because um, this is a movie, for whatever reason, I love watching this movie at this time of year. Um. It has kind of like that 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 haunting element to it, and um, yeah, I, I I don't know what it is, but you know we asked for favorite Christmas movies, so I'm 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 giving you one that I watch almost religiously over Christmas. No, that's fine. I'm just not going to go too deep, too deep on it because we, we did talk about it very recently you, on the show. You guys just had a conversation about it. Yeah. 
So, so yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I will, I will bring up, uh, I, I've already mentioned uh, what a fan I am of this, uh, uh, this piece of, of Christmas lore, Christmas Carol, how important it is to me, how much I love that story. So, of course, we have Scrooged from Bill Murray, Richard Donner. Okay. I this is one of my favorite adaptations of of Dickens' Christmas Carol. I love the 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 sort of duality of like the movie within a movie aspect of it as well. There's so much yeah. good stuff. Bill Murray's performance I think is is just ridiculous and crazy and so much fun. I I can't get enough of this movie. I can quote it basically verbatim. Yeah. This this was kind of top of top, top of the list for me. Um, and you know, it, it, it just grabs you and kind of pulls you in right from the beginning with the trailer for the night the reindeer died. Yeah. If you're not engrossed by by that, <laughs> like if you, if you're just watching that and you're like, I don't, whatever, like, you know, real quick, if you're in for this movie or not, because if you buy into that and the fun of Lee majors mowing down terrorists at, at the North pole, you're yeah. in, you're in for the rest of the movie too. Yes. Absolutely. And then you go, um, you go to uh, Bob Goulet's old-fashioned Cajun Christmas. That's right. <laughs> so much good stuff. The, movie, uh, the movie's completely ridiculous. I love the way it sort of uh, uh, just like pokes fun at, at like big media, you know? Yeah. And the, the commercialization, the monopolization of Christmas that, that's kind of occurred. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it, it just kind of right from the beginning, it, it just kind of uh, it, it, it takes off. And I don't think it ever really relents in terms of the laughs. And, but but it's also like, um, you know, it's it's also an exciting, I think, and kind of like tense movie as well, because you don't there is kind of a, a, a muted horror element to it with the ghosts. Yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. Like, yeah, you know, like there is a real kind of spookiness to it, mm-hmm. and and I love I love that aspect of it, and um, you know there there's there's Bill Murray, but but the cast is so great. Alfred you know, Alfred Karen... Woodard as, as Grace's assistant is she's yes. killer. She's so she's, good in this. At hundred percent, and you know Karen Allen, Bobcat Goldwaite, <laughs> Bobcat. John Glover. John Glover. Yep, yep, yep. John Glover. Robert Mitchum. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, don't forget Buddy Hackett is in this. <laughs> Buddy Hackett. Jamie Farr. Mary Lou Retton. I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. The Silver um, Gold Dancers. <laughs> I was gonna say Solid uh, Gold Dancers. So excuse me, the Solid Gold Dancers. Solid Gold Dancers. But um, Carol Kane. Yes, Carol Kane. Good one. Uh, and I had to look him up. I didn't know his name, but Michael J. Pollard as Herman. Um, and don't forget Buster Keaton, too. Buster Keaton. Yeah, he's the Ghost of Christmas Past. Not Buster Keaton. Jesus Christ. Buster Poindexter. Okay. Buster Keaton. How old am I? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he, so, are you he, sure? <laughs> he uses his real name in the movie, uh, Johansson. Okay. David Johansson. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's... I think it's the best iteration of of a Christmas Carol. I haven't read the book, so I'll you know leave that out of my estimation. But as far as screen adaptations, I, I think this this works the best, and I, I think it's hilarious. 
Yeah, I, I would say so too. And and it, again, I enjoy, uh, you know, much like It's a Wonderful Life, A Christmas Carol kind of has become a bit of a trope too. You know, where like a character is visited by the like the 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 mistakes of their past and things like that, and has to confront those issues kind of heads on. And yeah. I enjoy all that stuff. One of one of one of the reasons why I like this movie so much, a, the, the, like you said, the cast. It's so good. Uh, this doesn't make the mistake of relying on one specific element. Yes, it's a modern movie in the sense that, like, okay, there has to be like the love element. There has to be mm-hmm. the love story. Uh, but I think you can see that. I think. I, okay, let me put it this way. I think a lot of uh, Christmas Carol adaptations, or you know. Fun, quote unquote, fun twists on on the classic tale, are are too centered around the the notion that Scrooge became Scrooge because he was broken hearted, right? And that that's not the case. Scrooge had his heart broken because he was already on a path that the person didn't want to go down with him on, and that's the mistake that a lot of the lore, a lot of the spinoffs, a lot of the the derivations get into. This doesn't have that yet. Yeah, yes, Frank Cross gets back together with like the love of his, of his life. Okay. But she sees that he's on that bad path when 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 they end their relationship, right? You know, so yes, it's kind of a little bit of a Hollywood ending, but that's Frank's giving that speech without knowing she's coming. And I yeah. think I think that's the key element to the, to the movie is 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 like Frank is turning around. He's 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 not hoping to get a reward anymore. You know, he's not hoping to be rewarded by by Karen Allen coming back to him. He's he he's a changed man at that point already. But you just get that that Hollywood ending because you kind of have to in Hollywood. Yeah, and you know, I I mean, I think you're right, and and I I think it it still works. I think you can have the Hollywood ending with him reuniting with Karen Allen, um, because like you said, like he's he's made the change. Yeah, you, you, so you, you feel like he's earned it at least. Yeah, hundred percent. And I love his speech at the end of the movie. I think it's 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 fantastic and it's fun to watch and. Again, I, I, I've already admitted I'm a little bit of a sap, but yeah, I get a little emotional watching it. All right. Let's just do it. <laughs> okay. You know, Mark, I'm just old, and I wish you know I wish the world was a better place than it than it is, <laughs> and it's kind of the same shithole it was when we were kids. We were just kids, so we just didn't know how bad it was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, hey, I guess that's better than being a hardened cynic i i don't know oh don't worry i have, I have plenty of time to be a cynic i i, I get it i pull that card a lot of the time during the year anyways All right. <laughs> but but yeah i mean that's that, that's the fun of christmas stuff is like i can put that aside for a little while and, and you know kind of reconnect with like the the optimist that i used to be <laughs> where i was like hey, everything's gonna get better it's gonna be fine we're gonna figure it all out <laughs> instead of the, uh, the the person who's been living in this house for like the last eight months is like it's all terrible we're all yeah. gonna die <laughs> yeah then January 2nd comes oh I, I, I don't think December's gonna end <laughs> no no the clock's gonna the clock's gonna break right before midnight <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the, the perfect ending to 2020 sorry folks 2020 is gonna last for another another year <laughs> Well, remember what Valiant Comics taught us. Time is not absolute until it is. Did they teach us that? No. They taught me that. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, I love Scrooge. Like I said, my favorite my favorite modern adaptation of, of Dickens. There's a lot of fun versions of, of A Christmas Carol. I love the Muppets one. I mentioned Mickey's Christmas Carol. The, the, yes. In, um, what's the other one? Uh, 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 Patrick Stewart's done a, done a really... De- I thought Patrick Stewart did a really decent version of, of it as well. 
Was it just like a more of a strict adaptation? He he did a pretty strict adaptation uh, on TNT, but I've seen performances. uh, For a long time, he was doing a one-man show of it um, in in London. I think he even did it on Broadway once or twice. Uh, And I've seen I've seen videos of that, and it's, I mean, a one-man performance of of Scrooge is pretty impressive. Or I'm sorry, of, of a Christmas Carol is pretty impressive. Okay. Going back to our avoid list, this actually reminds me, whatever you do, do not watch the Robert Zemeckis all uh, mocap animated Christmas Carol feature starring Jim Carrey. It is, (laughs) it is, just don't. Just do yourself a favor and don't. There are parts to that that I enjoy, I, I will admit. Okay. Uh, it's it's not perfect. The mocap is a little. I mean, it's new technology, so it's a little weird. Yeah. I didn't find it as unsettling as I did on Beowulf. I don't know. I feel like Beowulf at least had like monsters and stuff. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, my 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 critiques of of the of that version of Christmas Carol are a little bit different than yours, but uh, it's it's not without its problems. But I think for the most part, they at least get it right. Hmm. All right. If you're if you're down with that, yeah. I mean, I mean, if the technology weirds you out, then don't then don't by by all means don't watch it. There's, I don't there's even plenty of adaptations I, to watch. I don't even think it's the the technology. The technology doesn't bother me. I just don't think it it's very good. <laughs> just you know, I don't know. I thought the, I thought they did a pretty good job with the Fezziwig scene, but okay. Mm, I don't remember that. <laughs> um, I'm I'm basically out of things. Do you have anything left in yours? That's all I got, sir. All right. So you okay? So we weren't gonna go. go I was I was worried you were saving Die Hard for last, and I was gonna. <laughs> I was a little nervous. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't put Die Hard on on my list. I think because I wanted to make a a bold statement about lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. <laughs> if you want to watch an action Christmas movie? Watch Lethal Weapon. God damn it! All right. Well, I I will put that out on the social media. <laughs> and the millions and millions of followers that we have will 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 decide for us <laughs> what the proper course of action is. Look, I feel like I'm in the minority on this one. People people genuinely seem to enjoy Die Hard more, but I'm I insist that Lethal Weapon is where it's at. I don't listen. I I I I am on the record earlier in this episode saying I really enjoy Lethal Weapon. I was on that hill with you for a long time, and I, 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 Lethal Weapon just just sort of kind of rolled down the hill because I, I had so many things I was watching at, at the holidays. And Lethal, Lethal Weapon is a movie I'm happy to watch. You know, in February, it's not a big deal. <laughs> so, right. So, so I didn't feel that bad not including it in my Christmas watching at, at any any longer. Well, you know what? Since we are talking about Lethal Weapon, let me ask you a question before we wrap up. Okay. Um, are you going to make plans to watch Mel Gibson as Fat Man? 100%. Yeah, I want to watch it too, but it's like eight bucks to rent or something. I was like, are you kidding me? Actually, I think it, I thought it was like $8 to buy. I thought it was like 15 to buy and 8 to rent, but maybe maybe I read the screen wrong. Yeah. I don't know, but I definitely want to watch it. One, Mel Gibson and Santa Claus, but two, big Wally Goggins fan who isn't a Wally Goggins fan. Wally Goggins I, is the best. Yeah, I, I, I think it looks great. I, th- I think it's a great uh, concept. Um, so I'm I'm just down for it. Oh, actually, it looks like it's... Yeah, I think, I think they changed it. It's like six bucks to buy it, or seven bucks to buy it now. 
as well there as rent go. it. So you can rent it for the same price or as you can buy it. So I guess you, I guess buying it's the way to go. But yeah, I, yeah. I swear when it was first released, it was like fifteen bucks to buy it. Maybe they realized that was a big mistake. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think a lot of people knew about that movie. Yeah, for for anyone who doesn't know the movie we're talking about, the movie is called Fat Man. Mel Gibson basically plays Santa Claus. He's taking a job with the government because uh, Santa Claus has run out of money because no one believes in Christmas anymore or in him. Uh, right. He delivers a gift to some like entitled rich kid who then puts a hit out on Santa Claus, and Walton Goggins is the assassin who's coming to kill Santa. Yes. And it, I mean, it's it's an action movie. Don't get it yes. twisted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it looks pretty, pretty. It, it looks pretty inter- entertaining. I'll put it entertaining out there. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I. I yeah. This might be something I watch uh, when when, uh, when uh, my wife is busy. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do want. I do want to see it. And and uh, you know, I uh, I've I've talked about it before. I don't go into any great depth into, into a lot of my own personal uh, beliefs. But I'm not a fan of cancel culture. Right. I freely admit Mel Gibson has made terrible mistakes and terrible decisions. Um, I, we, we, we don't, we don't need to get into that here, but I will, I will watch him and judge him as an actor on, uh, you know, within the context of this podcast. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think when it comes, when it comes to, to movies or any, any kind of artwork, you have to look at the artwork itself and, and, and not so much the, the person, um, so, so yeah, I, pretty, I, I agree with you on that. I, I support Mel Gibson. I, you know, I hope whatever he's going through, he gets it all figured out, and uh, he continues to have a, uh, a, a good career. You know? I, I enjoyed him in, in uh, I don't know if you saw Daddy's Home Two with Will Ferrell and, and uh, your boy. I, I, I <laughs> your couldn't boy get through Daddy's. I couldn't get through part one. No, thank you. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It, you, you might enjoy too, just because the the creepy relationship between Will Ferrell and John Lithgow, and then Wahlberg and Mel Gibson, is pretty. Yeah. It, that alone is worth the price of admission. Well, that was the thing. I th- I thought Lithgow and Gibson were two great additions, I, and like I wanted to see them, but after I saw the first one, I was just kind of like, I I can't just Wahlberg and Farrell. Like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm out. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, what do you say we wrap up this podcast and, and get out of here and go drink some eggnog? We can do that. All right. Let me see. How do I, how do I close the show up? Thank you all so much for listening to the TomCast podcast. We hope you've enjoyed uh, this sort of uh, 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 essential holiday viewing guide, as, as I may call it. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? You know, the best way to get hold of, of this show is via social media. We are at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a member of Pophead Nation, like my dear sweet brother is, uh, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Tomcast Popcast, where you will get access to super cool bonus content. Thank you to my current patrons, the Aspinel Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail, co host of The Ringing Ear. Uh, thank you to Evil Circle, the evilest of all the circles, even at Christmas time. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Bessard, and New- the New Jersey Devil. He's right there. Mark, say hi. Hey. Hey. Remember, we are on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. If there's more you want me on, let me know. I'll get on them. And if you're on the Apple Podcast, make sure you leave us those five-star reviews. They are a big, big help in uh, 
affecting the algorithm that determines what strangers will see on their screens. So help change the algorithm, change the system. And uh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Visit 3 You'll find all the shows of the 3 bz Network on there. Beer Night in San Diego, the TomCast Podcast, and MandoVision. You will also find the tab for our merchandise page, store envy page, where we sell the merch. That's what I meant to say. T-shirts, sweatshirts, I think there's sticker packs, all kinds of fun stuff. Sound pretty good? They get it? I think so. I think I got it all. All right. Mark, I'll 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 be talking to you because it's Christmas. So <laughs> we'll be in touch. But I hope everyone out there listening has a wonderful, safe holiday. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Kwanzaa. What's the other one going on? Uh, Dal, Dal, no, I don't remember. I'm going to say it wrong and offend somebody. But whatever whatever holiday you're believing in, your support, I hope you have the best one ever. Right, Mark? Right. <laughs> All right. For the TomCast podcast, my name is Tom. I'm Mark. Yeah, he's Mark. <laughs> we will be back. We might not be back till 2021. We'll see how it goes. If there's news breaking, though, we'll be back sooner than that. All right, y'all take care for now. Ciao, babes. Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions.